Thank you, Elise. And it's great to be continuing our series of Thy Kingdom Come. Now, I don't know whether you're like me, where I sometimes say a word, but I haven't reflected on the true meaning of the word or where it's come from. And the older I get, the more interested I become in the actual meaning of the word. And to show perhaps what a sad chap I am, last Christmas, Gina bought me a book on etymology. For example, we often use the word soap opera regarding a TV or radio drama. But why are they called soaps? Well, apparently soap companies were the original sponsor of the radio programs. Do you know where the word daylight robbery comes from? Well, apparently it goes back all the way to Georgian times, where the government put a tax on windows, and people started bricking up their windows to avoid paying tax. Daylight robbery, they'd say. I mention these two examples because we may use these words, but not necessarily know their true meaning or where they're derived from. And when we say the Lord's Prayer, we may recite, thy kingdom come. But what are we actually asking? Do we know the true meaning or what Jesus was implying? Some might interpret thy kingdom come as when Jesus comes again for the second time. And with today's celebration of Pentecost, others might be thinking of the coming of God's Holy Spirit. I like to think of God's kingdom as anywhere where Jesus reigns and where we live under and are subject to the authority of Jesus. We know that after his ascension, Jesus sat down at God's right hand where the psalmist said, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. And likewise, as Christians, as we've received Christ as Lord and Savior, Jesus comes to reign in our hearts through his Holy Spirit. So if we have faith in Jesus, we can say, thy kingdom has come. And given that today's theme is Pentecost with the coming of God's Holy Spirit, before I start my talk from the book of Acts, I'd like to make an appeal to anyone here in church this morning or to those listening online, that if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian but feel that there is something missing within your life, then I earnestly plead that you ask God to send his Holy Spirit to you today so that his kingdom may come into your life. St. Augustine said, You have made us for yourselves, O, o, o Lord, and our hearts will be restless until they rest in thee. There is a, a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and this hole will only be filled when we receive Jesus as our Savior. Now, I know I often mention this in my talks, but come Judgment Day, it is the only thing that matters. And with all the fragility of life surrounding us, to have God with us, reigning in our hearts, helping us through whatever life throws at us, whatever, in the full knowledge that our eternal future is secure, our hearts will find a sense of peace that only God's Spirit 
can bring. Or maybe you feel that you've wandered away from the Christian faith, then perhaps Pentecost Sunday would be an appropriate time to recommit your life to Christ and ask for thy kingdom to come into your hearts today in a very special, personal, and meaningful way. Well, let's have a look at our reading from the book of Acts. In fact, uh, I understand the correct translation from the Greek is Acts of Apostolic Men. It gives a series of typical exploits of the heroic figures from the early early church. And it's good that we can learn so much from the early church and apply that to our life at St. Mary's today. We've seen from our passage this morning that the the church was growing. Uh, In verse 1, it says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, And in verse 7, so the word of God spread and the number of disciples increased rapidly. But you know, sometimes when the church increases, and of course, not just the church, but when business grows and turnover increases, there can be growing pains and these need to be dealt with. And to put our passage into context, the Jewish nation always had a responsibility for those who are less fortunate than themselves. And from the synagogue, two collectors apparently went round the market and private houses every Friday and made a collection for the needy, partly in money and partly in goods. And those temporarily in need received enough to carry on whilst those permanently unable to support themselves received enough for 14 meals over the week, so two meals a day. Now, even in those days, there was social snobbery. There was on one side the Jews from Jerusalem and Palestine who spoke Aramaic, and they prided themselves that there was no foreign element in their lives. And on the other hand, there were were the other Jews who traveled from foreign and distant countries to celebrate Pentecost. They didn't know the Hebrew language, but only knew Greek. And this caused a little social division. The spiritual, snobbish, Aramaic-speaking Jews looked down on the foreign Jews. And in our passage, this caused a little unrest in that the Grecian Jews, but now Christians, complained to the Hebraic Jews, now Christians, that their widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food. So the 12 disciples sought and found a solution to this, which pleased the entire church. They chose seven men full of the Holy Spirit and gave them the responsibility for the administrative but important service within the local church. I'd like to make four points from our passage today as to how thy kingdom will come into our church today and under what conditions we're going to see growth. And don't worry if you put the chicken in the oven, it's not going to be bien cru, I promise to be brief. Firstly, in order for God's kingdom to come, there needs to be unity and social cohesion within our church. For those who are perhaps 
more intellectual or might think themselves as more intellectual will then never, ever look down on others who have perhaps not had the opportunity that you've had. For those with wealth, never look down on others who are finding it hard to get by. Those perhaps who have not had the opportunity that you've had. There's much said about racism in our world today. Indeed, our Archbishop said recently that the church is and has been institutionally racist. There should be no room in our church today for racism. Whatever our color, whatever our background, whatever our nationality, we should love our neighbors as ourselves. Within our church, as we are disciples of Christ, we, as Paul said to the Romans, should be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honoring one another above ourselves. Paul said to the Corinthians, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. As Christians, we are all equal in God's eyes. And as such, we should be united as one body together in our love for each other. And when the church experiences this unity and social cohesion, thy kingdom will come and the church will experience growth. Secondly, in order for God's kingdom to come, there needs to be willing helpers. And this is so important today, not just leaving the running of the church to a few, but for everyone to utilize their God-given gift or gifts. And I think it's interesting that these seven men were chosen by the church, ordained by the disciples and commissioned to serve. They all, all seven had Greek names. The murmuring had come from the Greek-speaking segment of the church, so to show fairness and no bias, no favoritism, Greek men were chosen and a solution of verse 5 which pleased the whole group. The theologian William Barclay, I think, makes the very interesting point that the first office bearers to be appointed within the church were chosen not to talk, but for practical service. Our daughter used to have a post-it by her bedside which said, if you can't do great things, do small things in a great way. And if there are people serving in the church today, perhaps with a feeling of inadequacy, thinking whatever I'm doing is inconsequential or unimportant, never ever think that way. Just read 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul talks of the body being made up of many parts and where we're interdependent on each other. If we were all one part, says Paul, where would, where would the body be? But God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So in order for thy kingdom to come at St. Mary's, let's all ask ourselves the question, am I utilizing God's, God's given gift or gifts today? And let's be honest with ourselves here. If you're not sure which gift you have, ask the person who knows you best. Jesus gave his 
all for us. As Maria was saying, he was totally selfless. We'll never be able to reciprocate in such a way. But if he's Lord of our life, he's Lord of our gifts, and we should use them on his behalf. We'll all agree that children and youth work are so important. Can you help Han or John here? I know they're looking for helpers. You may have heard that we're hoping to restart St. Mary's Preschool, and we're looking for someone to run it. I know qualifications are needed, but could it be you? Have you a, a good voice and love to sing or play an instrument, as we've heard this morning? You know, speak to Kate or Greg or Wendy. Would you like to be part of the welcome team? Speak to Juliet. Would you like to lead us in intercessions or take Bible readings? Could you help with the church cleaning? Or speak to Ruth or Malcolm. And John desperately needs help with a band of volunteers to help with the AV and the sound, especially as we've got all these new cameras and, and kit. And if you're a little techie, unlike me, or good com with computers, unlike me, then whatever your age, uh, and thank you to the Brown family who often turn up every week, then do let John Spence know, and he'll happily help train you. Perhaps you're money rich and time poor, and maybe you're not giving to St. Mary's on a regular basis. You know, we have been running a, a deficit, an annual deficit, of 30,000 pounds for the last three years. Well, can you help here? If so, speak to Simon Evans. Perhaps you could help run a small group. Have a chat with Edward or Josh. You know, there are many ways in which to serve that I haven't touched on. But please, please, let's all inwardly look, asking God for guidance, knowing that for thy kingdom to come, we must all utilize our God-given gifts for the common good. And when we do, we'll be stronger together and the church will grow as we're empowered and equipped by God's Holy Spirit. And thirdly, in order for thy kingdom to come, our church needs a caring heart, both for those inside our church and indeed within our local community. Just as the seven men in our reading were chosen to oversee the distribution of food, so we as a church and individually need to be on the lookout for those in need. Perhaps you have a gift for pastoral care. There's a huge amount of hurt within our parish today, both within our church and in the secular world. If you can help, then speak to Sue Brooks. And if you know people who are going through a tough time financially, perhaps temporarily unemployed and finding the bills difficult to pay, there is a hardship fund within St. Mary's to help those in need. So do speak to either Malcolm or Ruth. And if that's you, and if you know someone you know, who does need help, then please speak to them, because we'd love to help as a church. And it's great to know that the churches within our parish are keen supporters of the Chiltern Food Bank and CAP, Christians Against Poverty, with those who help others with debt problems. 
God's kingdom has grown because of the help provided by them within our local community. And it's so important to see the church reaching out into the local community. And I'm sure we can make an even bigger difference here. And I know Paul and Annette wouldn't mind me saying uh, this, but if you have a caring heart for those in the township of Munzerville, then do support their charity, Root and Branch. Uh, They're supplying garden plants. Indeed, I think they've got a sale on, is it next Saturday or Sunday? It's in the notices there. Uh, And 15% of the proceeds in May will go to St. Mary's, and 85% of the proceeds will go to those in Munzerville. Their website is www.rootandbranchworld.org. And if you spend more than £40, there's a free delivery as well. So if you're looking to stock your gardens, do come along next weekend. And finally, for thy kingdom to come, God's word needs to be preached insightfully, perceptively, and faithfully. Three times in our seven verses, God's word and prayer are mentioned as being a catalyst in the growth of God's kingdom. In verse 3, the disciple said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God. In the following verse, we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And in verse 7, so the word of God spread and the number of disciples increased rapidly. We saw where the writer of Hebrews said, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. A preacher once said, the weapon of the Holy Spirit, the weapon the Holy Spirit uses to bring conviction of sin and conversion to the Lord is the word of God, not my feeble comments. And as the preacher, he said, I must publicly read it carefully and distinctly and then simply make its meaning clear. But it's the work of the Spirit in people's lives accomplished through the Word of God. Forgive me if I haven't made this passage clear today. And it's an enormous responsibility. And I have to say, sparing Edward's blushes, that it's wonderful having him on board and preaching with such clarity and perception and understanding. But you do notice from our passage today that for God's kingdom to grow, it's not the word of God alone that manifests the growth, but combined with unity and social cohesion and a band of sisters and brothers who become willing helpers, and for a caring heart to display both inside and outside the church. And it's when we combine these God-given gifts that spiritual renewal really gathers pace with some momentum. And just as we saw in the early church, the number of disciples increased rapidly. So as we leave here this morning, let's all reflect on this passage and see if we can personally, yes, personally, play a greater role in the life of St. Mary's and the parish, whatever gift or gifts we may have. Because if we combine our God-given gifts corporately together, then the ground will be set for profound spiritual growth and revival. 
for thy kingdom to come with great energy and vitality. And how our parish needs that today. Amen.